And welcome to Crosstalk by CGM Radio, where we bring together, as one, the hosts of the CGM Radio Network. And with me tonight is Bob Siegel from The Bob Siegel Show, Jim Barrier from Since You Asked Podcast. I am Ryan Holland, host of World News Brief. Excited to be with you guys. JP from JP's Political Matrix is not here tonight, but I'm sure he will be back with us again soon. Gentlemen, welcome back to Crosstalk. Good to be here, Good man. to see everybody. Absolutely. So, not a whole lot of news has happened since the last time we met. Oh, yeah. Nothing, nothing's happened at all since a month ago when we last had the show. <laughs> wow. I, I, I think November 4th was our last crosstalk. Um, well, what wow. I mean by the fact that nothing has happened is at the moment, for at least another five minutes, we are still the United States of America. So now. in that yeah. sense, since the empire has not taken over exactly yet, I guess we could say nothing's happened. Yeah. Oh, wait, this just in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it has it has been I find your lack of faith disturbing. Yeah, yeah it's uh, boy, if anybody's faith has been tested, I'm sure our faith this past mm-hmm. month has been tested like uh, in, in a major way. I know mine has uh, pre- pretty significantly. So. Uh, maybe we can just maybe we can just start off with what are the I know there's a lot of news items we can hit. I, I would encourage everybody we're updating CGM dot news quite a bit. There's a lot of stories up right now. Of course, the big story today was uh, good old good old Texas Texas Attor- yeah. Attorney General Ken Paxton comes out and is suing Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan, uh, making some really solid arguments from from what i've heard and you know we'll we'll see it's in the it's in the docket uh which uh i'm not totally sure what that means but it hasn't been rejected yet it's 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 under consideration still so we will see what happens we know that about seven other uh, seven other states have joined in with texas in the lawsuit so i think that would add more weight and give the supreme court more pressure to actually Take the case, so so we'll see. But guys, uh, where where are you guys at right now? What's on what's on your thoughts? What are the the big uh, big things that that uh, you want to start the show off talking about? Given everything going on, go ahead, Bob. Well, for me, it, this has not uh, challenged my faith. I I have uh, absolutely no doubt whatsoever that God exists, that uh, His Son Jesus Christ, God incarnate, exists. It has not shaken my relationship with God, because when I read the Bible, I see that God sometimes lets these things happen to nations. Amen. Amen. However, I do know that God is a God of justice and a God of truth, and I believe there's a call amongst those of us that are Christians or anybody, be that whether they call themselves conservatives, Republicans, whatever, who, who claim that they are teaching the truth and believe in the truth to speak out against the very obvious fraud we have seen in this election. And I was mentioning this on my radio show this last Sunday. We had one alleged whistleblower who wouldn't even give his name, didn't go before any court, didn't even go before the Senate or the House, didn't uh, didn't put his name out there, took zero risk, for all we know, he doesn't even exist. He may have been made up by Adam Schiff, but there's so many weasels in Washington. He probably does exist. And based on that, the president of the United States got impeached. He didn't get removed from office by the Senate, but he got impeached by the House. Here we have 1,000 at least, 1,000 sworn affidavits, many of whom have gone on TV and given their names at threats of their life, and the affidavit itself threatens them with jail under the penalty of perjury. And what do we get from the media? Nothing to see here. I haven't even seen a stick of evidence. Yeah. This is just a nightmare. And then hearing today that the Supreme Court turned down the Pennsylvania case, and it's, it's been suggested by some, that they may have done that simply because they don't feel the need to take all these cases. Some of them are similar. Let's just hope that's true. Bravo to Texas. Bravo for the states going along with Texas. And that, that's what I've got to say so far. 
Well, Bob, you and I have had a lot of conversation about the difference between Texas and California. And I've, I've lived about half of my life in each of those states. Uh, and as you know, I was just out there. I just got home today and I was out in California for a couple of weeks. You're lucky they let you leave and didn't close the borders like Hitler did with Austria. Well, no, I just, when we went to, we went through the border check and they said, are you a citizen? I said, see, 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 America. Yeah. Um, are you a citizen? That guy could get fired for asking that question, Jim. That's how you get in. Um, but I, I'm telling you more and more and more. I'm so proud that I live in Texas. I'm so proud of Ken Paxton. Um, and, and, uh, our governor and lieutenant governor also solid. We have great leadership in this state at that level. And I just thought it just made me proud that he even, you know, filed the lawsuit. I don't know uh, what the chances are of him winning. Um, and and as, as you pointed out, uh, some other states now are kind of getting on board or following the lead. Uh, but it, I just thought, okay, God bless him for doing that. You know, someone says it's a Hail Mary. You know what? I've, I've been a sports fan, as you know, and I've seen some Hail Marys win some football games. And so, uh, you know, call it what Amen. you want. He's doing, he's doing it is desperate because we're in a desperate hour. And uh, we're desperate times call for desperate measures. So maybe it is an act of desperation. I'm desperate to see this country saved. So, yeah. And I think that, you know, as I've, as I may have mentioned on a previous crosstalk, but as I've mentioned before, this, I mean, we're here. This is our this is our Red Sea moment, mm-hmm. and this is the time where it's got to happen. The electoral college is is set to meet on the twelfth, unless the Supreme Court does something to 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 rule that that's not going to happen. You know, it's we got Wednesday, essentially Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, where this has to uh, something major has to happen, and we're 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 backed up. To, to the Red Sea, and we need God to part the waters. And that's essentially where I am right now. Uh, that's that's where I've been basically since, I mean, really before the election, yeah. but I've been, I've been there very much since after the election, realizing what was going on, but this is where we need to come together and continue to pray. You know, one of the things that, uh, what, what has, what ha- really has challenged my faith has been, you know, it's real easy it was real easy for me to believe that that Trump was going to win before the election when we saw the car parades and we saw we knew the polls were fake and we saw a lot of the people like like Mike Friedenberg and others that predicted Trump before giving him mm-hmm. the better shot of winning again and other guys like Kevin McCullough, Vostradamus and the Trafalgar group and over and over a lot of these guys were trusted saying that Trump was 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 going to win he had the momentum you know the the crazy, uh, you know, the, the crazy rallies and all that, just masses inside, you know, 30,000 Latino car parade in Florida. I mean, just amazing stuff. World history type stuff happening with the, with the Trump campaign. And it was, you know, and it was a lot, it's a lot, it became a lot harder to pray and believe mm-hmm. after that, to pray and to ask God and to actually believe that this could be pulled off was a lot more difficult and that's where I was challenged personally to you know can I it's easy to pray in the good times can I also to pray and believe in the good times can I also pray and believe in the tough times really really tough times and and so I in that sense I I feel like I have grown and you know by the grace of God completely that that I have grown a, a bit in that but it's been it's been a wild ride it has and, and we were all kind of stunned uh uh, and, you know, and I was a little skeptical going into it. I just, I felt, uh, you know, this isn't a, a lock. And a friend of mine, when we're, I was out west there, said, you know, when, when the whole Hillary thing happened, the Hillary-Trump election happened, and he pulled it off, um, they, they learned from that, and they said, yeah. we're not going to let that happen again. And, and uh, so I yeah. think they had things built in the whole deal with mail-in ballots, all of these things, they were going to make sure that, that the American people didn't get what they voted for. 
That's well, why do you think they kept that ignoramus baboon Biden locked up and wouldn't even let him come out oh, yeah. to the five people who'd be willing to come to his rallies? Yeah. They didn't need it. They had right. this in the bag. I was not surprised at the fraud. I wasn't even surprised at the blatant fraud because they knew they had the mainstream media on their back. I will say I was surprised at how incredibly blatant it was. This is, I was saying this the other day. If we were to watch a James Bond movie, and in a right. James Bond movie, whether it's Pierce Brosnan, Sean Connery, whoever it is, you know you're suspending all belief anyway to yeah. watch a James Bond movie. It's fiction. <laughs> it's fun. It's yeah. not real life. Gentlemen, even in a James Bond movie, if there was some kind of conspiracy against the president where the opposing party was in on it, so was the previous administration. So was the CIA. So was the FBI. So were most of the people in the Pentagon, most of the people in his cabinet, some of the rhinos in his own party. We would, it was this huge conspiracy, and they were in cahoots with China. We would not accept that as a viable plot, even in a far fetched James Bond movie. And yet that is just exactly what's going on. It's been documented, it's been proven i don't care but lawyers can have all the legalese they want anybody with brains anybody with two eyes anybody that wants to use their eyes i should say sees what's going on and the problem is we don't have a lot of courage in this country hats off to rudy giuliani who i believe with yeah. the COVID has been slain in a spiritual warfare hats off to jim garlow same thing yeah. And he's recovering, uh, I'm glad to say. And, and he's back home from the hospital. So there's a spiritual warfare, too. But I know we have on paper a majority conservative justices or originalists or literalists on the Supreme Court, whatever we want to call them. But think about how they're being threatened. Think about how their families are being threatened. Yeah. And I don't mean right. necessarily that they're being threatened by some stupid thug off the street. It could be the FBI. It's going in there and pulling a Flynn on them. We don't know what's going on. I do know this, though, and this is where I go back to my hope in God. And I've said this before on Crosstalk. I'll sound like a broken record, but maybe we can use a few broken records these days. <laughs> this is exactly the pattern in the Bible with God and his people. You can scarcely find a Bible hero in the Old or New Testament that didn't have this pattern where God calls them to something glorious. It looks like it almost completely falls apart. Then God comes along at the end and resurrects it. The most obvious being Jesus, who gets arrested, executed. His disciples are devastated. And then the old phrase, Sunday's coming. We look yeah. at Joseph, who was given this vision that his brothers would bow down to him. He was stupid enough to tell the brothers about it. He gets sold <laughs> into slavery in Egypt. He gets falsely accused. He's thrown in prison, but he comes out because he interprets a Pharaoh's dream. He's made second in command. David is told that he would be king, but for years he had to flee from the, the guy who was already king, Saul, and yet David was his loyal servant, but he turned on him. It goes on and on and on. I'm not saying you can't find any, but you can scarcely find that. I've seen that pattern in my life. I've seen my dreams dashed and then God has mm. resurrected them. And mm. I've seen that pattern with Trump. Look at the things they've thrown on him. How many times in the last four years or five years, if you go back to the time of the campaign, we were told by the media, it's over for Trump. Here's mm -hmm. a man that had an investigation against him. And we, and we hear, oh, Robert Mueller, well, he'll, he'll go a fair investigation. He's a good guy, straight shooter, good man. The guy was nothing but a Democrat with a Groucho Marx mustache on, calling himself a Republican. He hires nothing but a Trump-hating, Clinton-loving team of lawyers, and yet they couldn't find anything. And then they impeach him. And it looks like even some of the rhinos are going to go along with it. Some of them do, but he gets acquitted. And, and there's all kinds of other things I'm not even thinking of right now. So many things have been thrown at Trump, and he keeps surviving. And I think that's because God has his hand on him. Hmm. And, yeah, he's rough around the gills, and he talks without a filter, and he's a bull in a china cabinet. I think we needed a bull 
in a China cabinet to bust the political correctness and the communism. I'll use that word because it's not really socialism that they're trying to bring. I don't like socialism either, but they're not even trying to bring that. They're trying to bring communism. They're trying to shred the Constitution, this cancel culture stuff, this woke stuff. It is absolute poison. And we got basically one man with a handful around him standing up. And we've got a lot of spineless people, but God's going to honor the few that have courage. And anyway, I'll and, get off the pulpit, but that's, uh, I, yeah. I do have faith in God because God will reward courage. And this is God's pattern. I'm not making a prediction about what's going to happen, but I'll say this. We had an inclination. We weren't positive, but we had an inclination that Trump would win. He did win. Now, whether or not people want to see it is up to them. He did win. Is he going to go into office? I don't know. But I, I will say this. I am heartened by one thing. Before the election, I did believe Trump would win. I thought it would be close. I thought an awful lot of brainwashed people would vote for Biden. And an awful lot of brainwashed people probably really did vote for Biden. Out of all those votes counted, a few of them probably actually were marked for Biden legitimately. But Trump, in reality, won by a landslide. And that makes me heartened about the country. Yeah, I would have been sadder. I, I mean, this is despicable the way they're stealing this election. But guys, I would have been sadder if I believed that Joe Biden won legitimately after all that Trump has done for this country and this downright criminal, pathological liar, not to mention the understatement of the century that isn't the sharpest tool in the shed. If I had thought that he had legitimately won, that would have even been sadder. Unfortunately, the fact that this is being stolen puts our nation in absolute crisis. And it's still a crisis, but God is still on his throne. And I'm just holding both of those two in balance. It is a crisis. It is critical. I'm very concerned. God is in control. Let me uh, respond, if I may. And I agree with everything you said, Bob. Um, and on the biblical models and the stories that we have, it's true that so many of them overcame uh, not just difficulty, but impossibilities. And an awful lot of the heroes of the faith were people that didn't, you know, you wouldn't even think were qualified. He, rarely did God pick the best uh, qualified person or the one that everyone else, that people would have thought would be the hero. And so I, I agree with all that, but there is the element too that sometimes God lets his people go through difficult things because they need the fire to test them. You know, the passage that Peter talks about, he says, don't think it a strange thing that this has come upon you because God tests with fire. And so um, I'm just saying maybe, you know, fasten your seatbelt, we might have to go through some very difficult things in order to get this country to the place that God wants it to be. And, you know, I was pretty, I, I voted for Trump. I voted him the first time and I, I voted for him this time. Um, and I agree with you. He, you know, personality wise, he's hard to put up with, but, but his policies, the things that he did uh, for four years now, uh, with great, great opposition. I like the guy, um, but Trump is not my savior. And I can go way, 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 way back. Ronald Reagan was not our savior. He's a great president. But we have to have our faith in something uh, a little bit bigger than a man. And, yeah. and that would be the God-man, Jesus Christ, and, and uh, here we are in crosstalk, <laughs> but I'm saying we, we may have to go through some tough stuff for God to get our attention. And we were talking about it before the show, uh, Ryan and I were talking about just prayer and the, the need for that. And um, I, I don't know if we've hit that yet. There was a, a very uh, incredible prayer meeting that was uh, coincidentally in Washington, D.C. With, uh, with Franklin Graham. We talked about that on the last show. Uh, there has been prayer, but maybe there hasn't been enough, and maybe it hasn't been focused the right way. And um, I had someone ask me when I was in San Diego a week or so ago, 
Um, we had lunch with some friends, and, and this is a friend of mine. She's a Christian writer. She teaches Bible studies in her church. And, and she, she said, in your opinion, what will it take to bring revival? Because uh, I've read some revival history. It's, it, it's something that I, I maybe dwell on. Um, and I quickly said two things. I said it takes prayer. There's never been a revival in the history of the church that wasn't birthed in prayer, and it takes repentance. There's never been a revival that didn't, on a large scale, demand repentance of the people, of God's people. And and so those two things, we're not there yet. Uh, there are prayer meetings, and I've heard you know you know people saying we you know we need to get God back in the country and those kind of things. I'm all for that, but has there been a call for? a national day of fasting and praying and repentance. You know, I, I did a, one of my podcasts was about Jonah and, you know, he went into Nineveh, which wasn't even a godly country. But when the king heard that judgment was coming, he said, well, let's repent. Perhaps God will have mercy on us. That, and and uh, so I think we still have a step to take in this process, uh, and, 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 and I'm part of that. I need to be part of that prayer and repentance. So uh, that's just an addition to what you're saying, Bob. Yeah, and if I can, I want to I wanna con- concur completely with that. I mean, that's, uh, Jim and I were, were talking before the show, and like, you know, I, it, it's, we, we ultimately don't know, right, what, God's ultimate plan is here, but revival is, we know that it's necessary for, I think, because even this country was was birthed in a lot of ways. That's not to say that our country is like technically a Christian country. I don't know how you would even define, uh, but we know that it was, I mean, you read early American history, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you, you, you feel like you're reading church history. Yeah. A, a lot of the times, because there's all these groups, these denominations, and it was just so much about uh, all these different groups around the Northeast and what they were doing, and a religious, you know, Christian denominations, religious groups. But so I, I want to concur with that uh, completely. I mean, Second Chronicles seven thirteen to fourteen. I know in context it was referring specifically to Israel, but I still think. You know, the, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Like, I I think that as if, if we, uh, it, it can't hurt us as a nation. I understand that was a promise specifically for Israel, but it cannot hurt us as a nation, you know, no. for us to do to do that very thing. But what I, I wanted to say is I, the tough part is with everything that's going on uh, is a couple things for me. Number one. I I was very uh, disappointed that I didn't listen to to your warnings, Jim, more about the about the voter fraud. Joe Biden came out and he very clearly said just a few days before the election, "I don't need you to vote for me. I don't need you to elect me. I need you after I'm elected." A week before that, he said, "We've put together the largest and most inclusive voter fraud organization." In history, and we've known Trump's been talking about voter fraud for a long time. We've I've seen videos of you know guys with these groups. One of the guys says, you know, we've been bussing people in for fifty years, and we're not stopping now. You know, right. one of these. We know this, but I, I, I guess the system was so badly corrupt, it was so tainted that we've really been perhaps a, a Republican name only for a long time. Uh, Trump being exe- being an exception. Uh, to to where it just surprised them the the turnout for Trump because everybody everybody wrote Trump off, but the system was so badly corrupted. L- let's let's paint the scenario that Trump did he was declared the winner on election night. We all believe that he won, but let's paint the scenario that Trump won on election night. The problem with that we're done with this you know eight hundred year long campaign season. Trump won. Whoo. Let's throw in the towel and let's move on. Let's all have a, a happy Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas. All wonderful things. But the fraud and how badly 
that our system has been corrupted and the the bad actors that that we know are are literally I mean all over the place these people are they're, they're everywhere would have never been exposed and so then we could then we would have had uh, 2024 and, and the same problem and the same issue so I'm being kind of long-winded all of that to say it's almost like this had to happen what happened what has happened this past month, had because otherwise, the the work, the exposure, whether it was Trump's team or conservative media or what everybody are engaged in, none of this would have been brought to light, and that's perhaps what gives me a little little hope. And I just want to declare here: I I still believe God put Amy Coney Barrett where He did mm-hmm. as a very yeah. providential thing, you know, uh, yeah. seven days seven days before the election. Uh, placing her as a Supreme Court justice, giving us a true 5-4 constitutionalist, originalist majority. I I, I still believe, I, I know it, it sounds crazy, but I just from my own personal experience, I, I still believe in hope against hope that that uh, Trump is going to pull this off because, because God is with him, because it's, I, I, I just believe, I believe it's in it's in the plan of God. I could be wrong. I don't want to give anybody false hopes or anything anything like that. But it's almost like it had to happen. If the system was ultimately, I'll end with this: the system was ultimately going to be fixed. It's almost like it had to happen this way. Now Trump needs to win, so the so the system can potentially be fixed. But but that's kind of where I'm at on it. Well, it, okay. it does fit the pattern of Trump. I've been feeling deja vu going through this election fraud because it's reminding me of the way I was feeling during the impeachment and the Mueller investigation. And it's reminding me of the way I felt the night before the 2016 election, where even Larry Sabato with his crystal ball came on Fox News and says, hate to give you bad news. There's no way Trump could win. He came on the very next day to his credit and ate crow and confessed. Wow. Wow. That he was, yeah. but um, as, as far as Amy Comey Barrett goes, I agree. God's given us that opportunity, but people still have to meet with God and do their part. I'm not saying Very she. True. Will. I'm not saying she will. I'm saying even if I were to give every one of them the benefit of the doubt that they want to do the right thing, they are under tremendous pressure, and it's very easy for me to sit here and say we need to call people to courage because my life is not being threatened right now. There's probably some right, people yeah. that would like to, but uh, right at the moment, that's not happening. I, I just cannot even imagine the pressure that the Supreme Court and even some of these Republicans in the state legislatures are going through. Uh, that's, I can understand. Now, to the degree that they're being political and they're putting their finger out to the wind and they're saying, well, it's looking like the populace is really believes Trump won. Maybe I better lean that way. Or, well, most people are paying attention to the mainstream media, so maybe I lean that To those that are making their decisions like that, I, I feel nothing but contempt for. Lord Jesus, forgive them. Yeah. I feel nothing but contempt for them. But I'm also aware that there are a lot of them that may want to do the right thing, and they just don't want to risk their lives. Or maybe they would risk their lives, but they don't want to risk their children's lives, which yeah. is where General yeah. Flynn was. He was a man of honor who fell on his sword from his for his son, as, as far as my understanding of what went on. But there are some Sidney Powell's. There are some Rudy Giuliani's. And this was heartening. Mitch McConnell, who I have not had a great love for, Mitch McConnell and um, Kevin McCarthy, McCarthy yeah. the, the Republican majority leader, said that at the moment they're refusing to call Biden the president-elect. Well, good for them. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. sure how many of the Republicans had it in them. Good for them. So some glimmers of good news. You know, uh, I, I want to have hope, and I want to give you hope, Ryan. Um, I, I think we're at a dark hour, but it Indeed. it isn't over yet. And and maybe, maybe a miracle will happen, because at this point it would be a miracle. Yes, no the question. things that Bob's talking about, you know, I think we're we're up against some people that we don't even know their names. And now I'm going to be the conspiracy theorist here, but I think there is uh, 
We know a few names, George Soros, Barack Obama. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I agree. There's probably a bunch of names we don't know. Yeah. I agree. Well, let me give you some titles. I don't know all their names, but the apostle says, uh, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with mm. principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. Um I think I, I come back to this all the time, but I think there is a spiritual thing going on. You ever read the Frank Peretti books? I know they're fiction; they were novels. I read the first one, "This Present yeah. Darkness." Yeah, they, I read, it was I interesting read all stuff. Them. I did read the first one. I, I found that really interesting. You know, I mean, it was just fiction and everything, but but the fact that there is there is the unseen, there is the 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 parallel universe of you want to call it that there's the spiritual warfare that's going on constantly. It's been going on um, as long as man has been on the earth. And I, I have to factor that in. So now that brings it back to, so what can I do about that? Well, the arena that that war is waged in is on your knees. And we're back to, we need to pray that God will reveal things uh, there's another place, you know, in, in Corinthians, he says, he says, the God of this age has blinded people. There's a veil over their eyes. And so uh, it, it amazes me some of the things that I've heard some of my friends and relatives say, and I think, what are you looking at? Where do you come up with that? Well, they've been, people have been blinded to what the real truth is. And, and so uh, the cure for that is a massive do dose of light to expose the darkness, and and um, it's happened in history. It's happened in this country, and um, so I'm well, I'm back to that again. Well, I think you know one thing I have been encouraged by was when when this happened. The you know the, that first week, I I realized one of the things that I needed to pray was that the fraud would be exposed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that has definitely happened. I mean, and that has happened on a scale I could not have imagined. Like, I feel like that prayer has been answered in in a in a colossal, uh, epic fashion. And so, only ostriches are not seeing it. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I mean that uh, that's ostriches, you know. But yeah. But like, <laughs> but but that's so that that has uh in, encouraged me, and I. So that Good. encourages me to keep praying and to continue to pray that the Supreme Court does the right thing, that the, mm -hmm. that God would protect the members of the Supreme Court, that he would Good. Yeah, that's cover good. and protect them, and that he would give them the courage and strength to do what's right. We could not imagine, you know, being in the yeah. position that they that they are in. However, they they also have they have training that we don't. They have experience that we don't, and they have they have a temperament and a quality about them that has put them in the you know in a possible position to be on the Supreme Court. So I think that they're the kind of better built for this kind of thing. Um, so, if you will, it's their calling. Yeah, it is. It is. And if they do the right thing, we also need to pray just for all Americans because well. There will be a rush of violence like you've oh, never yeah. seen. They wouldn't have done this rush. anyway. If the election had been called for Trump on that first Tuesday of this November, the Democrats would have claimed he stole the election. We saw the news. Everybody was boarding up their business downtown because they were expecting riots. And the only reason we didn't have them is people thought Joe Biden won. If the narrative becomes that Trump stole the election and the very people that actually did steal it will claim that Trump stole it. We all know that. That's of course, the, yeah. sure. the understatement of the century. I'm not saying anything rich. Well, four years ago. But we need to pray for the protection of the people. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for yeah, your friends. We absolutely. need to we need to make packs with our neighbors and say, hey, if anybody comes by your house or is attacking you, you give me a call and I'll come stand with you. We'll call the police, mm -hmm. but the mayor may tell the police to stand down, so we'll stand with you. We need we need to have that kind of fortitude also. Yeah. Well, we do on my street, and we've already had these conversations with some of my neighbors, and uh, the good news for me is we have three law enforcement officers that live on our block. Oh, that's convenient. And, uh, and in fact, uh, my friend, I have a friend up the street, and we've talked about these. Uh, he's kind of a prepper. I mean, he, he's ready for a fight. But, but uh, he asked uh, one of the uh, San Antonio uh, police department members, if it came to uh, 
them trying to do away with with the Second Amendment, um, are, are police going to come and take guns from people? He said, none of the officers I know will have a part of that. Hmm. And, and uh, so... Um, the average police officer probably wouldn't want to. I don't trust a lot of the chiefs of police, just like there's probably a big disparity between a lot of the men in the FBI and the heads of the Yeah, FBI. and yeah, there is that everywhere. I, you know, I happen to live in a city that uh, we have a great chief of police, I believe. I, I really love the guy. And and uh, uh, and we have a great district attorney. We, we have some really key people here. So maybe I'm in a unique city. You know, I'm in a city that doesn't, isn't like any of the cities in your state, Bob. But I'm just saying there is there is an alliance. There are people that are saying, no, we're, we will back each other, just like you described. Let me say this. On behalf of all the idiots who still haven't gotten out of California, my hat goes off to you two who made it to Texas. You know. Well, uh, I just had to come over from Mississippi, so, you know, I uh, – <laughs> Oh, but but your uh, family lives in California. You were well, yeah. My family uh, moved out to California. My parents were divorced, and um, my uh, mom and stepdad moved out to California. I was like ten years old. So all right. Well, then you but, were yeah. smart enough to just never come to California. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll put it that way. Yeah, exactly. I just, There's something here for you, Ryan. Everybody gets a participation. Yeah. Trophy well, it's tonight. unfathomable to me that Ronald Reagan was actually governor of California. I just, I just can't even fathom. But, hey, California was a nice place i keep trying i know to, it was some fantastic. of my family that i'm trying to talk into at least considering mm. moving from california they say they want to stay i say look i want to stay too i love california the california we're clinging to does not exist anymore yeah, a long if time that ago. california of course i would stay oh yeah, yeah. i grew up uh in, in the 90s flying out to cal beginning in like the late 80s flying out to california for six weeks Every summer, I loved it. It was the weather was perfect. Uh, yeah, the, the it, place it, was magnificent. California yeah. is, is is truly a magnificent place, and that's why it's just such a it, it's such a travesty. The, hey, the leadership. Gavin Rinch, who stole Christmas, won't even reopen Disneyland. That's how bad California wow. is. Wow, wow. I, I want to tie some things together here because we were on a certain thread, and then and then you you mentioned Ronald Reagan, and we were talking about protection. Do you recall? When an assassin tried to shoot Reagan and yes. he survived that <laughs> and he was in the hospital, I think that that was uh, divine intervention. I think people were praying for him, and I think uh, that God spared Ronald Reagan's life in the middle of his presidency. What do you think of that? I think he did. And you know the guy that did it said he did it to impress Jodie Foster? <laughs> Oh, and, and, and get this. So, so two things about that. No, no, number one, Reagan said that he, when he was um, being rolled in on the gurney into the operating room, he said he felt like God told him. Uh, not, he, no, I'm sorry. I'm misquoting. He felt like if he didn't forgive John Hinckley on the spot, that he wouldn't survive. Wow. And so this is Paul Kingor's uh, book where he documents this called mm -hmm. the, called the Crusader, fantastic book. I've talked about it on on my Did show. Did he also feel he had times. to forgive Jodie Foster? Mm. <laughs> that that oh, that, that didn't. See, you always got to do that. Bob. That didn't come. I know. Well, I'm being, just a little levity <laughs> for the <laughs> no, but but we, we can edit that. But did you guys know? <laughs> but did you guys know that John Hinckley is walking free today? I that sounds vaguely familiar. I think I had. He heard is that. he is literally walking free today, and not only that, but he said recently, he said recently that if I had known Jodie Foster was a was a lesbian, I never would have felt like I needed oh, to shoot the brother. president in the first place. Are oh, you kidding? There's a value system that's really really messed up. <laughs> what? Uh, Rumor what? has it that that's why Judas betrayed Jesus too. He was trying to also yeah. impress Jodie Foster. <laughs> Well, now, can I try to bring this back again? Oh, My point see, is, we're is trying to lighten things. Uh, this is the problem with a pastor in tell, the room. Bob, do you want me to tell the story I was told in your show a week ago about the birds and the cloud? and Or should we just skip that part? Oh, the one where you got the little drum roll with it? That was yeah, good. yeah, yeah. We'll just skip that one, okay? Well, um, we'll just tell our audience to go listen to that show on the on. podcast so they can still catch it. Well, I, I'm going to stand with this, and, and I probably say it every time I'm on your show, Bob. Um, 
we have to pray and we have to ask God to move. That's our hope. Um, I, I loved Ronald Reagan and, 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 and uh, I love talking about him and, and just so many great stories, but um, Ronald Reagan is not the savior. Donald Trump is not the savior. Um, we need divine intervention in our country. We need help from the savior to save us. We need repentance that will bring about a genuine spiritual awakening those things always produce social change. Yeah. And I will vote, we'll do the shows, I'll do all this stuff and be proactive. But aside from a genuine spiritual renewal, we'll fall short. That's my opinion. I agree. And getting back to the passage from Chronicles, Ryan, where you were saying, I know this was about Israel. I, I still think it can apply to America in the sense that it could apply to the church. Yes, because yeah. the church God's is people. God's my people, people. Yeah. and we have evangelical pastors who, even before they started compromising over COVID and woke stuff, were compromising on other issues like yeah. marriage and things. And it's possible some of them did repent, but um, who knows how many more need to? But that is part of it. As I'm praying for our country, I'm praying for repentance. Can I can I ask you guys a candid church question? That's, yes. it, it's 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 related. Um, I, I think neither of you will mind. Uh, it's sometimes a bit discouraging to see how much churches are operated like businesses. Uh, if uh, and I understand that it, it takes money to function and stuff, but I don't know. It just it just seems like the the and I know with some with some churches it's going to be more obvious than than other churches but uh, you know I had an had an experience recently and I'm not going to go into detail where I was just you know it was just I, I felt like this particular church was just doing it's just a really kind of worldly marketing gimmick well and, yeah absolutely you know what I'm saying and that kind of stuff just really and and look it's easy I'm not a church leader I'm not a pastor Jim you were a pastor for 40 years so yeah. I, you know I'm not you know, sitting here on my high horse, you know, in just, you know, nitpicking every little thing at all. We're imperfect. And, and I, I totally, I totally get that. But, but I'll just be, I'm just being honest with you guys. Okay. I feel like part of this, part of repentance is, is, is in our personal lives, but also even with how we do, how we do church and how the church functions and operates. And so I, I would love y'all's right. response on that. Let me respond to that. And, and, uh, and by the way, uh, you know Bob knows this because uh, he had Alveda King on his show after I, I had just recently shared the stage with her. Now, she was the keynote speaker. I was asked to give the invocation. It was a great honor. And it was with a, a pro-life group here in San Antonio. And was, there were politicians and church leaders and all these people. And for some reason, they asked little old me to give the invocation. And in that prayer, I said a couple of things. I said, our hope is not on Capitol Hill, but Calvary Hill. Yeah, amen. And judgment doesn't begin in the White House. It begins in God's house. That's right. And uh, and I still believe that. So uh, we've talked before. I know on Bob's show we've talked about the, the corporate church, and that's part of the problem is, is that uh, church has become a business, and they have modeled their structure after corporate America. And, and it's produced some problems. There's a wonderful pastor here in my, my city in, in San Antonio. He's a great man. Uh, I'll say his name, David Walker. He's just a tremendous pastor. He has a very large church. And at a pastor's luncheon I was at, he was speaking. And he said, you know, uh, and this was just a room full of pastors, all pastors in the room. And he said, I face this problem every Sunday. I'll be up there in the pulpit, and I know that the Holy Spirit wants me to say something specific. And what runs through my mind is this. If you say that, you're going to offend this party over here, and they're big tithers. And mm. you've, got, you've got bills to pay. You've got a big operation here to run. You can't afford to lose tithers. And he says, then I'm forced at that moment to make a decision. Am I going to be obedient and say what I think the Lord wants me to say at the risk of losing money? 
and and I know David, and you know he makes the right choice. He will go ahead and and say the words that God has prompted him to say. I believe that, um, but I don't think I've ever met a pastor that hasn't had that temptation, hasn't had that thought run through their head. Uh, you, it's just part of the deal because it's become a business. And uh, I was lucky because I had a very small church. And there was nobody left to offend. I ran them all off. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we didn't have any money anyway, so I never worried about it. Half the time I forgot to take the offering. So, uh, but, but it is a big problem in the church, Ryan. You're, and, yeah, that, that's an honest question. And I think the honest answer is, yes, the American church has become too corporate. You know, guys go to seminary now, and what they learn is they learn how to deal with lawsuits. They learn uh, about insurance. They learn about uh, church law and how to, how to avoid uh, bankruptcy and how to, how to stay out of trouble. You know, but they, I had a friend say he didn't know of any major seminary or institu a Bible institution in the country that had a single course on prayer. They yeah. teach him all this other stuff. They teach him law, and they teach him, you know, how to how to avoid uh, you know, the legal and financial problems and, and what they're cranking out is CEOs. Wait, prayer, Jim, is that going to be on the test? Something about prayer? Let me yeah, take yeah. notes here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, and, and, uh, you better brush up. So, uh, I'm just saying, and, and it sounds like I'm being really critical or even uh, sanctimonious. I'm not, you know, as you mentioned, I, I, I pastored for 40 years and I, I, I know the temptations, I know the problems, I know the difficulties and the challenges, and um, uh, but pastors have got to, forgive me for being crude, but they've got to suck it up and say, I'm going to stand by my convictions, I'm going to be obedient to God. Bob has said it many times, there's, there's a point where you say, you decide whether we should obey God or man. And, and uh, pastors would do well to follow the example of, of the first century uh, disciples, and that is say, you know what, whatever it costs me, and maybe this brings us full circle back to this whole thing about the, the liberal regime and, and the battle we're, we're fa facing right now. We need to be willing to say whatever it takes, whatever it takes, we're going to do what's right, we're going to follow God, and we will let right. our understanding of the scriptures and the mandate that God gives us allow that to determine our politics and our actions and not back down and not compromise. And it's easy for me to say that here on, on a, on a podcast, but I'm going to tell you this, I'm willing to take that step. I wanted to say also when, when I talk about pastors that need to repent mm -hmm. with myself, where it's true that I have not compromised any of the doctrines of the Bible publicly for reputation. That's true. It's not true that in my personal life, I always have a lot to be proud of. So I can look at many times in my Christian life where I have disobeyed God. Mm -hmm. So when I pray for repentance, it's true that there needs to be some changing of compromising positions from the church leadership. But we also all need to look at our hearts because we're all doing absolutely, and, yeah. and we need to include ourselves in that prayer. Regarding your original question, Brian, uh, or Ryan, about the church being a, a business, the church is supposed to be a family and not a social club. And too often, we do treat it as a social club. Yeah, no question. And I, you know, I, and as as you guys were talking, and as Jim, as you were talking, I, I couldn't help but wonder if, because I have been praying for revival for America. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's something mm -hmm. I believe God spoke to me about mm -hmm. about four years ago. And, uh, you know, off and on, and I'll go a while without doing it and stuff, but uh, generally have been. I'll, I'll say that this past month has certainly fueled <laughs> fueled a lot of prayer for revival for, for America. But I maybe one thing that I've been miss, missing is I really haven't been very pointedly been praying for revival within the church, specifically. That's where it starts. And that's you know that, that is that's judgment begins with the household of God. Like that mm -hmm. that's where revival starts. When you you read historical revivals, they've they came mm -hmm. together in repentance and they came together in prayer, and mm -hmm. and it was from it was from that what was birthed was uh, these great movements of God, which really hasn't happened since the 1800s. And of course, we see in the 1900s, we see that's really when the 
the progressive, so to speak, quote-unquote progressive, I consider regressive, era began, and we began this just, this long march, long steady march towards Marxism, socialism. Uh, I would the say there was some revival in the Jesus movement of the 1960s, but True. I do agree, Ryan, that primarily our prayer should be focused on the church. I get frustrated and angry at the compromising rhino politicians, but I shudder, literally shudder, mm. when I see evangelical pastors yeah. compromising from the pulpit with what they're actually teaching. Can I, I? I'm going to go ahead and say this. You can edit it out if it if it isn't appropriate. But this this line hit me just a few days ago, um, and we've talked about Ronald Uncle Ron Ronald Reagan uh, a couple of times here tonight. And I loved him. I voted for him, uh, and I voted for him uh, in in '76 in the primaries, and he lost in the primaries. If you remember that, but mm -hmm. um, something happened during his administration his tenure and there was kind of a great celebration in the church and there became a marriage between republicans and evangelical christians that those two overlapped so much that it, it, they appeared to be synonymous to a lot of people and and this is the line that hit me i was thinking about that the marriage between uh conservative republicans and evangelical Christians, and that marriage produced an illegitimate child, which was the prosperity gospel. And Bob and I have talked about that thing, and we got all caught up in God's going to bless you, gimme, 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 and we forgot about what our real calling is. God didn't call us to be rich and successful and all. If that happens, I'm happy for you. But he called us to go and make disciples of all nations. And, and re revival will produce that. Revival will make God's people get up and do something for the kingdom of God, yeah. not just go get rich. I agree with all that Jim said. I would only add that there are a lot of Christians that didn't marry the Republican Party. I know. Because of I the know. rich message. They were concerned about abortion and things like that. I do remember, I forget who it was, but he was a pretty well-known evangelical pastor back in 2008 when Obama was running against McCain. And he said, I'm tired of the Republicans taking advantage of us, taking us for granted, breaking their promises. We're going to sit this election out. And whereas I could feel sentiment for what he was saying, that resulted in us yeah. having Obama. And I'm seeing a lot of Trump supporters and conservatives doing that now in Georgia. Yep. Yep. We're so fed up that you stole that election. We're not even going to vote next time. Great. Then you've just handed over the last two Senate seats to the Democrats. Yeah. And they're going to stack the Supreme Court. They're going to own all three branches of government. And everybody talks about how we're going to come back in the, the next election. That may not happen. We may not have the choice. Republic. The Democrats gain all three branches of government with what they're planning on doing with opening the borders, with what they're planning on doing with uh, adding two more states so that we're stacked with even more Democrats, yeah. stacking the Supreme Court so that they could never overrule a Democratic decision again. It, it may be called America still, but it will not be America. It'll be America spelled with a K. I, we talked about that. I agree with you, Bob, and, and I'm not saying, uh, you know, sit idly by or, or to, to get out. I wouldn't be on this show if I thought we shouldn't be proactive and shouldn't be doing something uh, on this level, I'm just saying, Oh, I know that, that Jim. Yeah. I know yeah. That. And, and uh, you know, I had, this is, this was uh, before the election um, might've been before it might've been before the previous election. And two of my friends were talking and one of them said, well, I'm, I'm going to vote, vote for Trump because he's the lesser of two evils. And, well, and that the, was I was one who said that. Yeah, I love the yeah. guy now, but at that time, that's all he was to me, the lesser. Well, two. my other friend responded this way. Well, evil is evil. And so I'm not voting for either one of them. And, you know, the result, if, if, if enough people abstain, they say, well, I don't like, I don't like what I see on either side. You still, 
in as far as the presidential election, it is a two party system. It's a binary system like Tatooine. You know, you're uh, an <laughs> uh, independent's never going to. What an independent will do is ruin the election for one of the guys uh, or girls. Um, and and so, got to vote for somebody. Vote for the best person that you can. It always sounds so self righteous and sanctimonious when fellow Christians say, "I'm not going to vote for the lesser of two evils." Yeah. The, the alternative is the greater of the two evils. That, that's what Just happens, to make yeah. it as simple as yeah. I can here. This is just yeah. simple yeah. math. So I'm saying <clears throat> vote, get educated, and vote with an education about what you're voting about. Vote your conscience. Uh, I remember There was a Bible uh, bumper sticker going around for us that said, vote the Bible. I thought, I didn't know the Bible was running for <laughs> office. Um, but uh, you know what we mean by that. And then generally that, that means you know, vote for somebody that's pro-life and, uh, and I vote pro-life and, and, and I've spoke to pro-life conferences. You know that Bob, you know where I stand. I'm just saying we need some, we, we can't just put our faith just in a political movement. No, we shouldn't um, be putting our faith in it. We should be holding the Republicans feet to the fire. And, and, and guys, yeah, and by their yeah. promises. I do want to add some, what, what appears to be some breaking uh, good news on the oh, We'll uh, take well, it. Whatever well, don't, it is. Don't, we'll get, don't get too excited. Don't get too excited. <laughs> Whatever I, it is, I'm in. I'm in. Give you some good news. Um, okay. So this is Jordan Seculo. He said uh, that I can already report now the Supreme Court has put on the docket the parties, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. When you look at the states that were named, they, they have to now respond by Thursday at 3 p.m. to this bill of complaint. They have to respond to very specific items. So, so the Supreme Court is not just considering what Texas filed today. They are now going the next step, which is we want a response from the states named. Again, I think this is very clear. This is the case we've been talking about to reach SCOTUS. This is the outcome determinative case. 62 electoral college votes at stake enough to change the outcome of the election. Uh, so uh, apparently the Supreme okay. Court has enacted something that's that is saying, hey, these four states that were sued by Texas, you have to respond by Thursday at 3 p.m. That is, well, that, that is would be news. a much more positive interpretation of why they turned yeah. on the Pennsylvania case. Maybe they were thinking this other case is so similar and it's a much bigger one. And it makes a lot of sense because if – if a state like Pennsylvania or a state like Georgia is being fraudulent, that is unfair to a state like Texas that ran a fair, clean election that wouldn't let Dominion set up their machines there. Right. And that absolutely makes sense. The, we are disenfranchising the voting rights of a state that tried to do it clean. If the Supreme Court is not willing to hear that, and I would add, if the Supreme Court is not willing to rule that those election results have got to be changed with the fraudulent votes removed, then we don't have a Supreme Court that's really doing its job. Well, it sounds like we have a shot. Yeah. And, you know, there was a great leader in Great Britain who said, never, 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 never give up. You know? <laughs> yes. well, I thought you were going to do a Sean Connery, never say never again. Well, never that, say you know, that, never if they had again. used the original Bond music, that would have been my favorite but they, it wasn't a broccoli production, so they couldn't use the James Bond theme. Yeah, Just, it wasn't a broccoli production. It wasn't even an asparagus production. Well, guys, we're, we're, movie. we're coming up. <laughs> Sorry, we're, we diverted. <laughs> we're coming up on an hour here. All right. So that, that's going to be my final thought will be Jordan Seculo's thoughts, who, of course, uh, <laughs> they are on, actually, the ACLG is, ACLJ is on Trump's legal team. They're an incredibly Good. solid uh, source of information, so I don't have any reason to doubt what what he's news. what he's saying. So that's my final thought. Other than to just just echo uh, that I I think the big takeaway, like what uh, Jim you just said, never uh, never give up. Pray, seek God's face. Let's let's pray for revival for for first the church, and 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 then that it would spill from there to the nation at large. And uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of lot of work to do in this country in the political realm, but there's a whole lot to do. A whole lot to do on, on the spiritual realm. Of course, we know that that is Christ's main mm -hmm. calling with with the great with the great commission. So, um, 
whoever uh jim uh, any final thoughts and maybe we can let no, bob i'm on it board off. I, that's exactly you know i we bob and i we've been doing this for so long we we uh we get off on these tangents about movies and music and different things but but the heart of what we've been talking about tonight is that uh god's people own a big responsibility in the destiny of this nation yeah and that's that's a message that I do want to get out. And I'm on board with you. And thank you for that that last bit of good news at the end. That is encouraging. That was very encouraging. And again, my word of encouragement, we put our trust in God, not men. And in this particular case, we put our trust in God to work on the hearts of yeah. men and give the men the courage, men and women, the courage and fortitude that they need to make the right decision. I put yeah. my trust in God to raise up some heroes like the heroes of old. That is where the hope of our country is. I believe it could happen. I believe Trump is already one such hero. I say that is the guy who in 2016 only voted for him as the lesser of two evils. The second time I voted for him, believing he was just about the greatest president we have ever had, warts and all. Yeah, mm-hmm. wasn't it something? It was really something to actually vote for a president, yeah, not right. just vote against somebody else. Yeah, it's an experience I haven't had for a long time. Yeah, yeah, no question. All right, gentlemen. All right, guys. Well, uh, of course, Jim of the Since You Asked podcast, Bob Siegel from the Bob Siegel Show. I'm Ryan Holland, host of World News Brief. Check out all of our shows. Just head over to cgmradio.com, cgmradio.com. Also, make sure we're updating cgm.news constantly with the latest breaking news. I'm going to be updating it right now, <laughs> right after we get off with this uh, with this great story here. Uh, stay in prayer. Stay strong. Uh, and, and regardless of what happens, God is king. He's on his throne. We trust him, and we move forward. God bless. Have a great day. Have a great day.